Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. So I heard about these two little boys, and they were spending the night uh, before Christmas uh, with their grandparents. And before they went to bed, they got down on their knees to say a prayer. And the youngest one started praying at the top of his lungs. He said, God, I pray that you give me a new bicycle. And God, I pray that you give me a new PlayStation. I pray that you'd give me some new AirPods. And, uh, and the other brother looked at him and said, why are you screaming God's not deaf? He said, well, I know that, but grandmother is. <laughs> That's about the way it is. Huh? Kids, all they can do is think about what they want for Christmas. But uh, thank God that we do have Jesus for Christmas, who's the greatest gift to mankind. Forever and ever, it'll always be that way. Amen. So I remember, and I shared this last week, that I was praying and asking the Lord, Lord, what is it uh, this Christmas that you want me to share? I don't want to just have information. I mean, people, people don't need information. People need to hear from God. People need revelation. People need to have their eyes open to Jesus. I need my eyes open to Jesus. I mean, come on. Otherwise, church can get boring just reading the same old stuff and doing the same old stuff. We need to have connection and fellowship and relationship with God. And, you know, in my prayer time, the Lord said these words, not audibly, but in my heart, just said these words very, very clearly and said, keep Jesus, keep me in the middle of this Christmas season. Now, I know, you know, we hear that every year and say, well, of course, Jesus is the reason for the season and that. But I just really believe that especially right now, there's so many people that are isolated. There's so many people that are spread out. There's so many people who are going through so much stuff. And Jesus just wants to know you don't have to do it alone. He doesn't want you to do it alone. Sometimes we go, God, I need you as if he's waiting No, no, no. He wants to be with you as much as you want him to. He loves you. And so let's keep Jesus in the middle of our conversation. Let's keep Jesus in the middle of our thoughts, in the middle of our loneliness, in the middle of isolation, in the middle of desperation, in the middle of despair. You don't know what you need. Keep Jesus in the middle of that. I promise I'll never leave you or forsake you. I want us to read today from two places in the book of Matthew. One is right at the beginning of Matthew. It's from what we would call the Christmas story. Matthew chapter 1, and then one is at the end of Matthew. But at the beginning of Matthew, the Christmas story, you never get tired of this because really having Jesus in the world is the reason why we have life and have eternal life. But I want us to look at Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, and I want us to read about six verses all together. Can you put that on your screen, on the screens tonight. And I'd like for us to read out loud and loudly, and let's fill this house with the Christmas story tonight. Can we do it? Let's say this. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Ready? Read. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Okay, this is, the, this is how you know it's a Christmas story. All right, here we go. Ready? Go. After his mother Mary was betrothed, that means engaged, to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. She was prego. She was pregnant, okay? Verse 19, ready? Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a 
public example was minded to put her away secretly. They were pregnant. God said, I'm going to have her to have a baby. And she said, well, wait a minute, that's not really good. You know, I, I don't... I don't want to shame her, and so let me kind of take her away. And then God's saying, no, don't worry about it. I have this taken care of. How many of you know that when God has a plan, he'll take care of all the stuff, right? Okay. So, verse 20, it says, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord, read with me, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, let's say, say it like, like you're an angel. Could you just do it tonight? Come on. Let's say it together. Ready? Joseph, come on, you're in a play. Ready? Say it like you're an angel. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Come on, still the angel. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. So all this was done, this is not the angel anymore, no more angel voice, okay? So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, and this is back in the, what the prophet said back then, so now we're all prophets. Ready? Here we go. We're all prophets. Ready? Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. I used to live in Southern California all my life, and you know, whenever I'd read that Emmanuel, someone's like, I'm Emmanuel too. I mean, that's my, that's my name as well. So that's a different Emmanuel. You're not God with us. But uh, nevertheless, let's pray tonight. Father, I pray for every person in here as we read the Bible, as we read open God's word, I pray that Jesus would be revealed in us and to us. Custom tailor this word to us tonight. Change us, we pray. In Jesus' name, when we all said amen. So verse 21 says that you shall bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. Verse 23 says that the prophet said you shall call his name Emmanuel. Notice you shall call his name. He had two different names in this particular verse. You shall call his name Jesus. Can you say the word Jesus? Now, some people will say this word, in, in, they misuse that name and use it, you know, in, I guess in profanity that they're using it because they're not saying it in the right way. But Jesus literally just means save us. It's the God who saves us. It's a savior. He's saying, call his name Jesus because he'll save us from our sins. And how many are thankful for Jesus that saved us from all of our sins? Yes. And, but he goes on and says, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call, notice, they shall call his name, notice, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Can you say Emmanuel? And can you say God with us? So tonight I want to, uh, the, the title of this message is God still with us. Still with us. Emmanuel, God with us. See, we know Jesus as our Savior, and, and that's a significant thing. In fact, that's the most significant thing in our lives, that we have a Savior. Why? Because if we didn't have a Savior, every one of us deserves something called eternal hell or, or damnation, right? You may say, uh, I don't believe in hell. Well, one day you will, unless you believe in Jesus, right? Because all of us are going to face e either eternal heaven or eternal hell. There is an afterlife, right? There is an afterlife. We are what's called spirit 
we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. So much of the time we look our, at our, ourselves in the mirror and you say, man, I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad hair day. I'm, I'm never having a bad hair day, by the way. But some people look in the mirror and they say, I'm having this because I look in the mirror and I don't look so good. The person you're looking at in the mirror is not the real you. The person you're looking at in the mirror is the body that you live in. See, you are spirit. You have a soul you have an intellect, you have a mind, that's the part that processes and communicates things. And you live inside of a tent, the, you know, Paul the Apostle called it a tent. It's you live inside of this tent, but the spirit inside doesn't cease to exist when this tent dies. See, what's going to happen is one day this tent will stop breathing. I remember that I was uh, at my dad's, my, my dad about 13 years ago, I, I, was, I stood on his or right next to him as he passed from this life into eternity. And I was in the middle of a conversation with him and all of a sudden he took a big breath and I knew it was his last breath and I just kind of rubbed him on the head. I was very, very close to my dad and my dad was very, very close to Jesus and apparently he chose Jesus uh, it was time for him to go, okay? So I, I watched him step into eternity, but my dad didn't cease to exist. His body went into the grave, and I don't go back and, and, and mourn over his body. Why? Because his spirit's with Jesus. His spirit's forever with God. Can I tell you, I want everybody that I know, I want their, their spirits to be alive to God and want to be with Jesus for the rest of their lives. It's really our life's purpose and goal is to get people to heaven with us. It's really the only thing you can take to heaven. You can't take stuff. You can't take cars. You can't take house. You can't take your, your bank account, your investment account. You can't take anything with you. The only thing you can take is people with you. It's the greatest investment that we could ever make into eternity. Jesus said, don't lay up uh, treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but lay up treasures in heaven. In other words, have an eternal purpose about your life. But the Bible says here that Jesus, his name will be called uh, Jesus, but his name will be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. See, we know him as Jesus, but it's also significant to know that he's God with us. What is Christmas all about? And people say, well, Jesus is the reason for the season. But listen, it's not Jesus the history, the person in history. It's not Jesus the story of a person that used to live here. It's not Jesus, someone that gave his life and affected our lives forever. It's not only that Jesus. It's the Jesus that is still with us that we're talking about today. It's not God was with us. It's God is with us. He's still with us today. He didn't come to leave. He came, he came to live. Jesus didn't come to leave us. He came to live in us and with us and cause our hearts to be reborn so that we can spend eternal life with him. Yes, he is a person in history. Yes, he is a memory. Yes, he does have significance. It's about the person of Jesus here still with us today. But listen, what he wants it to be about is a constant, ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. There's a difference between having met someone that's significant. You know, I know that um, sometimes people will say, have you ever met someone who's famous? 
You know, and they think of the most famous person they've ever met, and they say, I remember what it was like, and I think, wow, you're shorter than <laughs> you look, uh, you know, on there. Or, wow, you, you look a lot different than you look this. And you talk to them, and you say, they were so nice, or, or they were such a jerk, or they were whatever. You always have these memories. But it was just something that you had a memory of coming up close to someone who was famous. Listen, with Jesus, it's not having met Jesus. It's living life with Jesus. That's what he wants. It's not just making him the Lord of your life 20 years ago or five years ago. It's about living with him today. Can you say with us, God with us? That's what Emmanuel is. Not God was with us, but God is with us. He's present with us. Then I want to go to the last, the very last verses of the book of Matthew. So in the beginning, he called his name Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. But then at the very end, I want you to notice, Jesus came down to earth. He lived for 30 years. He was in ministry and walked with his disciples and healed and loved and delivered and freed people. But then after three years, this is the very last verses of of the Bible. The purpose of his life was to be with man and to give his life for mankind. But watch this. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus said this. And Jesus, or it says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, listen, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This is after he died, after he was raised from the dead. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded to you. And I want you to notice the very last thing Jesus said in the book of Matthew. The very last thing. What did he say? And lo, I am with you. What did he say? And lo, I am with you. Always. Emmanuel, God with us. He wanted us to know he he didn't come to visit us. He came to live with us. Listen, if you've had Jesus visit you a long time ago, but he's become distant, and you've had to translate his presence through other people. Maybe you've had to, every time you want to be close to Jesus, you've had to say, would you pray for me because you don't feel close enough to him. Or maybe you've had to say, well, the only place I feel close is, is, is at church, so that's the, that's the times, that's why I come is just to feel close to God. Listen, though you should be around other believers, though you should be at church, there's something about living a daily life with Jesus Christ. Living, having daily fellowship with Jesus. Before he left, he said, I want you to know that I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. I am with you, God with us. I remember hearing a story about a boy, his name was Billy, and he grew up in the foster care system, and he moved constantly and transitioned from family to family to family to home to home, and right when he felt like he'd, 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 he'd fit and get settled, he'd transfer over to a new family. And eventually, after about 10 years, Billy was adopted into his own family. He never knew what that felt like before. And for, but for several months after his parents adopted him, uh, they didn't understand what was going on because he kept hiding things. He kept putting things aside. Someone would give him a toy. Someone would give him a gift. Someone would give him clothes. And he'd take it and he'd kind of put it, put it aside in a backpack or he'd put it aside in a drawer and he'd hide things. And his parents were like, what's going on with him? He felt like he had to hold on to stuff. Why? Because so much of the time he just was in transition all of his life. He didn't have constant He didn't have consistency in his life. And it took a while for Billy to understand that he wasn't going anywhere. 
and neither were his parents. They were going to be that right there for him. And as soon as he began to settle into that, he began to see not only people, but he began to see his life as something that he can settle into a bit. You know, the book of Hebrews, it reminded me of Hebrews chapter 5. It says this, verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It says, let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself, Jesus, has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Can I tell you, if we don't have a present sense of Jesus in our lives, we're going to always be grasping for something else. If we don't have a present sense of Jesus in our lives, we'll never feel the security that life is enough. We'll never feel like what we have, like, like, like who we are, is who we were created to be. We'll always need more and we'll grasp for more. And there's people, and you know them, and maybe you are one of them, or maybe you have been one of them, that constantly has lived life with wanting more, needing more, needing more, but I'm telling you, the thing that can solve that and bring contentment and bring satisfaction and bring consistency in your life is to know that you have Jesus in your life. You have someone who will never leave you. You have someone that will never turn away. Even if the whole world stood against you, even if all of your family and all of your friends talked bad about you, you know that Jesus is going to be with you. Look at the verse again. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, because Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Listen, Jesus brings a sense of contentment. Somebody say amen today. Jesus brings a sense of purpose in your life. And then he goes on and says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord's my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Can we all say that together, that verse 6? Come on, let's say it boldly today. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? There's three big statements right there. Say it again. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Somebody needs that word for the end of this year. Because you feel like your world's been jacked up this year, turned upside down this year. What else is someone going to take away? What else is going to go belly up? What else is going to go under? Listen, you have no need to fear. Why? Because Jesus said he'd never leave you. Jesus said he'd never forsake you. What do you have to worry about? What do you have to fear? The presence of Jesus brings a sense of security in your life like nothing else. And the presence of Jesus breaks the fear of man. Church, some of you have the fear of man. Some people live with fear of wanting other people's approval, of wanting to be accepted by other people. I've struggled with, anybody ever struggled with that before? Yeah, you've wanted to be accepted. Listen, the security of God with us, the security of Jesus is on my side. Jesus is gonna get me through this. It breaks the, the, the power of the fear of man in your life. This isn't just some Christmas message. This is life. This is the, the life that he intended for us to have. Jesus wants us to know him today. He wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know that he's with you. He wants you to know that he'll never leave you, that he'll never forsake you. He didn't come to visit us. He came to be with us. He came to live with us. He came so that we can know him and that he could know us. I remember I've had the privilege over the years of knowing a couple of different 
people who people would call significant or popular or famous here and there. I remember one time I was talking with a guy, um, uh, just a friend, you know, of mine, and he was telling me about this famous guy that he met, and he was like, man, I met him, and we got to talking, and he's, he's telling me all about him and about the conversation we had with him, and I kind of smiled. I said, are you talking about him? I kind of smiled, you know, as he's telling me about him, and he, he's saying, yeah, this guy was like this, and this guy was like that, and I knew because I knew who he was talking about, and I knew him. He was a friend of mine, and I smiled, and uh, he asked, have you ever met him before? And I said, well, actually, um, you know, I'm not trying to, but he just texted me a little while ago, kind of showed him the text, and uh, the thought on his face was, oh, well, why didn't you tell me? You know, there's a difference between talking about someone you just met and talking about someone that you know. Jesus wants you to know him today. Whatever situation you're going through, he wants to go through it with you. He wants you to talk to him about it. He wants you to let him walk you through it. There is a difference between God visiting us and God living in my house. Can I tell you, Jesus, I know where Jesus lives. He lives in my house. He lives in my, first of all, this house, right? But he lives with me. I want to read this one more verse in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34. This is really the dream that God has for man. It says, no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall all know me. Can we say those words? They shall all know me. That's the heart of the Lord. He wants every person to know him. They shall all know me from the least of these to the greatest, says the Lord. What does it mean? It means God wants to cut out the middleman. God wants to cut out the one who, the, the, the one who says, you come to me and I'll show you what God's like. No, that's right. I'll point you to God. You come to me and I'll point you to God. But I'll tell you, I'll let you connect with God because I can't do for you what the Lord can do for you. Your, your, your neighbor can't do for you. The person sitting next to you can't do for you what Jesus can do for you. Jesus wants to know every human being that's on this earth. I believe it with all of my heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. I want to tell you one last story. When I was a teenager, I remember being so lonely at times in my life. I remember looking for the purpose of life and the meaning of life, and I was born and raised in a Christian family, and I called myself a Christian, but I didn't know there was a God. <laughs> I mean, get that. I was like a Christian that wasn't sure about it. <laughs> have you ever been there? Don't, you don't have to raise your hand. But I'm just saying, I just wasn't sure. Why? Why was I not sure? I was not sure because I didn't want to know about God. I wanted to know God. I wanted to know God himself. And I remember calling out to him and saying, if you, if you are God, make yourself real. And one day, he did. He opened up himself. He opened up my heart, opened up my eyes to be able to understand, see him. He poured out his love on me. You want to know what God's like? Love. You know the essence of God? Love. You want, you want to know the description? Someone goes, what's he like? Love. What's he smell like? What's he look like? Love. What's he, what's he sound like? Love. Love. And this love God surrounded me, covered me, saturated me from the inside out, took me on, took me in. And my life's been changed forever. 
I found him and I spent a whole lot of time with him, praying, reading the Bible, getting to know him, asking him hard questions. He became so present. He became so real. I told God when I was young that I want to know him more than I know any person on this earth. I want to know. I want him to be more real to me than any person on this earth. And he became that to me. To where I'm more aware sometimes of God than people. I'm more aware of his presence. Not because I'm any more spiritual. That's what he wants for every person on this earth. I remember one day I was sitting in a music shop. And I was sampling some guitars in a small room. And I was playing, you know, just some 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 different guitars to see maybe one that I'd want in the future. And I began to play, and I was singing, you know, a song, and there was a guy that was in there. He was, uh, later I discovered that he was a Buddhist, a uh, real nice guy, but, and he said, uh, are you singing about God? I said, I'm singing about God. And he began to tell me what he knew about Jesus. Oh, Jesus was a good man. He was, yeah, he was he was a prophet. He really helped people. He did. He was telling me about all those things. He was telling me a, a historic account, things you'd read in a book about Jesus. And I remember I was so turned on. I was so close to the Lord. You know, I, 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 my heart was so in, in love with Jesus, and I t- was with him on a daily basis. I told him, I said, well, you know I've met him, don't you? He said, you've met Jesus? <laughs> yeah, I met him. I met him. I've talked with him. Oh, he lived so long ago. I said, oh, he did live so long ago, but he lives today. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I invited him in my heart, and my heart's born again. You believe in spirit, right? Buddhists believe in spirit. By the way, don't ever get intimidated by other religions. In a way, there's already an advantage. They already believe in this whole spirit thing. Sometimes it's just the wrong spirit. But their heart's already open to the spirit. So I just jumped in. I said, you believe in the spirits, right? Spirits and all that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah, this is the pure spirit. It's light. It's love. It's Jesus. I know him. You know him? Yeah, do you want to meet him? And right there in this little guitar shop, the presence of God came in. Why? Because when you start talking about Jesus, he shows up. I was able to pray with him wasn't hard it was just I was telling him about a best friend I was telling him about someone that changed my life I was telling him about someone that transformed this lonely guy and wrapped me in his arms forever not because I'm a loser but I had the potential to be but it's someone who's who got to know Jesus and let me tell you Every human being needs to know Jesus. Every person in this city needs to know Jesus. Why? Because he didn't come to visit earth. He came to live in us. He came to be with us. He came to get it to the place to where we're secure. Where we're not afraid anymore. Where we're not doing life alone. Where we're not dealing with this year all by ourselves anymore. We have him. We have Jesus in our lives. God designed every person with this missing piece. You may have heard it. God designed every human person with this hole in their hearts. It's a missing piece. 
And the only one who could fill that hole, this God-shaped puzzle, so to speak, and the one person that could fill that hole is God himself, is Jesus himself. That's why there's people that I know and you know who search their whole lives to fill that hole. And they've tried everything. They've spent all the money. They've, they're talented. They're gifted. They've given their lives. They've sold their soul. And it still doesn't fit. But let me tell you, the one that will fit every single time. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We all need that satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction right now. Well, yes, I can get some. But it's going to come through Jesus. Somebody say amen. It's going to come through Jesus in our lives. Listen, I want to tell you one more thing. I'm not only talking about unbelievers. You might be sitting there and saying, yeah, that's nice. He's talking to unbelievers. No, I'm talking to you. Because there's a lot of believers I know who don't know Jesus. They believe in him. They haven't talked to him for a while. Not like he's real. Or not like he loves them. Let me tell you, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him, fellowship with him, and he with me. Jesus is a real person, and he wants to know you. This Christmas season, if there's the, the greatest gift I could ever give you is to introduce you to my friend, to introduce you to my Savior, Jesus Christ, to reintroduce some of you to him today. Next week, I want to talk a little bit more about it. My time's gone away from me and then in January I wanna, we're going to go into 21 days of prayer and fasting somebody uh, is ready, going to be ready for that but, uh, and then I'm going to start this new series called I'm Ready for a New Season I'm going to start a new series called I'm Ready for a New Season how many are ready for a new season Yeah, wait till January we're going to start that I, I, I know there's some things but today I want you to listen would you bow your heads would you close your eyes for just a moment would you think about your life? Would you think about the struggle? Think about the search? Think about the effort to discover meaning, purpose with all that's going on. What am I here for? What am I made for? Now, would you do this? Come on, I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me, but would you just gently open the door of your heart to Jesus? Come on, right where you are. Would you say, Jesus? In fact, I know this sounds so silly, but just take your hand like you're going to open the door of your heart. Do it with me. Just say, Lord, I, I, I open the door of my heart to Jesus tonight. Just say, I, I open my heart to Jesus fresh. Jesus, I want to know you in a more real way. Jesus, I want to understand your heart. Would you just invite him inside to become your Lord, to become your Savior? Say, Jesus, I don't trust anybody, but I'm going to trust you tonight. I'm going to trust you tonight. Say this with me. Dear Jesus, I open my heart to you. I ask you to come inside of me. Make your home inside of my heart. I confess with my mouth that you're my Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And so today I believe that I'm saved.
Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Thank you.